Hey, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. Alan here with you today, anxiously awaiting for Trent to get back uh, from his vacation and rejoin us. So today, I'm flying solo, so you're kind of stuck with me, but I'm so glad that you're taking time to um, join join me on the Enduring Churches podcast today, and I know you you as well as I look forward to having Trent back with us next week. So anyway, I want to talk to you today about an, a subject that is really important, and that's the idea of culture. You know, the truth about culture is that culture takes time. No matter what you do, culture takes time. I think about the role that I'm in, and I know that culture is something that I'm trying to build. It's something that is is forever on my mind. How do I change the culture of an organization to move in the direction that I long to see it to move in and the direction I believe that God wants us to move into? But you know, one of the things I was thinking about with culture is, is that I hear many pastors or, or many leaders walk into a business and the first thing that they think about is, well, I've got to change the culture. But culture, you know, if you look at leadership studies, one of the things you discover is that culture is among the last things that will ever change in an organization. So we want to think today about how, um, you know, we can move our culture to a place where we want it to be. But remember, keep this thought up front the whole time. Culture takes time. And the problem is most of us, like I said, rush into it. So when I first moved to Colorado in 2002, I was going to be a church planter. You know, I was going to have that cool, hip church, and we were going to reach all kinds of people that no one else was reaching. We were going to do church the way that church was always supposed to be done. And I became one of the worst church planters ever. And one of the reasons I was so bad is because I tried to rush into it. I didn't even have a core group. And yet I was trying to define the culture of, of an organization that didn't really exist. And so one of the worst things, one of the most foolish things that I've ever done was to make culture without even having a people to make a culture with. And so it was a really foolish thing that I did. I learned from it. Um, it's something that I remember I look back on. Be careful. Take your time. Be slow. Culture just, just doesn't change overnight. So people obviously are part of culture. If you're going to have a culture, you've got to have people around. So if you're a pastor, you take an established church, you know, you're not going to go in and a year later the culture is not going to be different in the church because you've got to take time to get to know the people. You've got to know everything you can know. You've got to learn everything you can learn about the people that you are responsible for being the overseer of. And so you build relationships. You get to know what makes them tick. You get to know their heart, their passions, their desires. And only then you can begin to put a team together, a group of people that you want to share your vision with. How many times have you walked into a situation you recognize that someone has a vision before they even know the people? You know, I see this sometimes in organizations that... You could have a, a great business organization that a CEO walks in and he has a vision to take the company a certain direction before he even knows what the company truly values and what that, what's at the heart of that company. And usually that company suffers as a result, and that CEO typically doesn't last very long in that role. 
what we have to do is go in, really take time to get to know our people and find out what makes them tick. And when you know you've got a group of people that you can share where you really want to go, you've got something special. You know, I know I've mentioned on the podcast my favorite church meeting that I was ever a part of. And it was when we were looking to build education space in Colorado. We had built a worship center, but we had no education space in that in that building. And we recognized that our best possibility for doing small group ministry in our community was to be able to do that in our own building. And so I had thought about it, and I drew up this idea that I thought we could build pretty inexpensively. And I, I walked back into my leadership team and sat down and said, hey, you know, I know we had a plan to look at this in four or five years, but we've grown to the point and we have enough people that the reality is if we don't do this now, we're going to miss our window. And at that point, one of my key leaders looked at me and said, Pastor, tell us what you see. And that was them giving me permission to share a vision and that's because I'd gotten to know my people. I knew what made them tick, and I knew I could share a vision with them. And the cool part is they took the vision that I laid out, and they made it a lot better than I ever could have made it on my own. So you want those people because they're going to make the vision better. If you go in with a vision, that is your idea. When you share that vision with others and take their feedback, it becomes an even better idea. So you got to make sure you get the right people on your team. You've got to make sure that you cast a compelling vision. You know, vision is something that should be tangible. Vision should be something that people know what it is. For instance, if your church mission statement was, we want to be a, a disciple-making church that makes other disciple-making churches, that's all well and good. But can you define what a disciple is? It's got to be more than a committed follower of Christ. What are the tangible evidences that you're going to use to define discipleship? What are the tangible evidences that you're going to use to determine is whether or not you've planted another disciple-making movement along the way? So make sure that it's got some tangible elements in there. So make sure you cast a compelling vision. You know, one other thing that you need to think about when you're moving along is how do you get a few small wins under your belt you just want to win you just want to win a few little battles so uh, i'll go back to my church in colorado when i first took that church i knew that one of the things they had looked to do was build a worship facility but they had run into a snag when they first purchased their land it was supposed to be paid for in three years through a nature of events, um, it was seven years later and $100,000 was still owed on the land and on a bridge to cross into that land. And so we needed to get a win under our belt. So the first thing that I did is we've got to get this land paid off. We've got to know that we are actually moving towards our future because what had been something that was exciting had now become a joke, an embarrassment to the church in the community. And so in matter a matter of six months, we were able to find a way to get that land paid for, and we were able to move forward with a win. And getting a win in your belt, it, it, uh, under your belt, is a lot like putting wind in your sails. It's one of those things that will help catapult you forward 
in your ministry. You know, we, we want to go forward. We, we don't want to spend a lot of time going backwards. We know we're going to have setbacks along the way. We know we're going to have struggles along the way. But one of the things we truly want to think about is how do we get a few wins under our belt? And so celebrate those wins. Take time to to think on them and to let people know and allow the church an opportunity to celebrate wins. If your church hasn't baptized anyone in two years and someone is saved and baptized in your church, celebrate that win. That's a huge win. It's a win that your church hasn't seen in a long time and it should be a reason to celebrate because we become those things we celebrate. If you want to have a a culture that appreciates things, celebration is always a part of culture. You know, when you think about what the Super Bowl has become, you know, there are many people who think that we should just make Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday because no one seems to go to work that day. They're tired. They're getting up late because they have celebrated into the night. Well, it's become a cultural phenomenon. Even people who don't like football watch the Super Bowl, whether it be for the halftime show or for the commercials or something like that. But most of the world is turning into the Super Bowl. So it's become something that is just ingrained and embedded in our culture. So what do we do with that? We recognize that our culture is going to identify with the things that we celebrate. And your church will celebrate and your culture will be defined by those things that you celebrate. So celebrate when someone comes to Christ. Celebrate when a class multiplies into a new class Find ways to celebrate those things along the way that you long to see. And that's one of the ways that you begin to really change the culture. The other thing you've got to do is you've got to think about the obstacles that are going to come your way. You're going to have obstacles in changing culture. There are always people who are going to stand in your way. There's some people who are never going to change. And how are you going to deal with with those situations how are you going to love people who seem to be opposed to what it is that you're trying to do and sometimes you love them but you love them enough to let them go sometimes you love them enough to sit down and let them just share their feelings i know trent talks a lot about how if you'll just let people share a lot of times it's just that they needed to share what was going on but you're going to have obstacles. Sometimes those obstacles are going to be in the form of people. How are you going to deal with that? Sometimes those obstacles are going to be external obstacles. That what are you going to do when this the t- t- town or city will not give you the permits that you need to do what it is you need to do? How are you going to deal with those obstacles what if your plan as a church planter you were going to meet in the local school but the school doesn't allow churches to meet there anymore where are you going to find an alternative meeting place what are you going to do what are you going to do when um, a staff person you've counted on to be there um, moves on to another role so how are you going to tackle the obstacles that come along your way so you've always got to be thinking in the back of your mind okay I've cast a vision, but what are some of the things that are going to come up that could cause a problem to this this vision? 
You see, culture takes time and you've got to work through this entire process to see that culture change. But it's really when you get start to get through obstacles and you get through obstacles successfully and you celebrate those wins, that's where culture begins to become established and rooted in the life of your church. So as you think about your culture, ask yourself, what have you done to shortchange the culture building in your church or in your organization. And then slow down the process. Think about who you need to invite to come along with you, the vision you're casting, the obstacles you're gonna face. I believe if you do those things, you'll find out that the culture almost builds itself. Well, there you have it. So another kind of short episode from us. I know the last two have been a little bit shorter than you're accustomed to, but next week, Trent will be back and we'll be back into our regular flow. We are so grateful that you take time to listen to the Enduring Churches podcast. We are here to help you and your church endure. And I hope that you will take time to listen, tune in next week, but also take some time to pass this along to someone else and leave us a review in the Apple Store wherever you choose to listen to our podcast. Thanks again. Have a great week. We'll catch up with you soon.